Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right. I see, I see, she, she said, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But I've been redeemed by the blood. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I, I can't apologize for that, Mom. It happened, okay? That's, that's, she said, mm, mm, mm. She'll take me behind the woodshed. <laughs> All right. Amen. Number two is this. Our father, our father's a king. Number two is this. Our father values his children. What father doesn't value their children? What father doesn't value their children? That's a father. I'm not talking about somebody who just made a baby. I'm talking about a father. See, I'm going to break it down to you real good. The value of a man that produces a child and takes care of that child is a father that values that child. Watch this. But we've been adopted into the family. You know that? And we've not been like Jesus, born right from heaven. We've been adopted into the family. We had to to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to be saved. So the value that a father places on his children is a big deal, especially when it comes to God, because God has adopted us into his family. I'm going to liken it to this. Liken it to a, a man who has already his own children and then has children from a second wife that are not his. They're adopted. Perhaps they're not even adopted. They're probably just live. In my family, my mother married a second time after, after she'd, uh, uh, since I was five years old, until I was about 10 or 11 years old, she was not getting married. She was taking care of herself, had her own house, taking care of all kinds of business, taking care of her family, taking care of, I didn't know how she's doing all this stuff because I, until now, because I'm an adult now, but I was trying, I, went, I got everything I wanted to get when I was a little kid. Everything was going just fine. But then she met this man that became my stepfather. Now, sometimes step-parenting situations don't work out too well, do they? Sometimes it's like, ooh, 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 why you choose him? Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but in my situation, I'm talking about a man who operated like God and treated me and loved my brother and I like God would love us as his children. So a father values his children. You get it? A father values his children. A natural father values his children. Those who are adopted into the family are valued by that father as well. But you're talking about our father in heaven who values us who have come to him the way we were. Loved us just like we were when we were doing what we were doing. Loved us right then and there. That's God. That's a father for you right there because, again, you're not somebody, we're not somebody that he said, well, let me, I'll take him no, I don't like you. You got glasses. Uh, none, none of y'all got, I don't like none of y'all. Y'all got glasses. I want just him. No, that wasn't his deal. God says, I'll take you. I'll take you. Take you. I'll take you. Now you, on, oh. <laughs> he didn't say that. 
I, I, that's my, my sister in the Lord. I'm going to bother her. Every time I get a chance, I'm going to bother her. <laughs> now, Father values his children. Go to John chapter 3 for a moment with me real quickly here. I tell you, I'm going to get you out of here quickly today. I'm going to do the best I can. Chapter 3, verse number 13. Now, generally, we started verse number 16 because we know that for God so loved the world. We know that part, right? But let's go to 13 and dig a little bit. It says, now, one has ascended to heaven. There's that word heaven coming up again. That word kingdom coming back with it, right? It says, but he who came down from heaven, there's that word heaven again, that is the son of man who is in heaven. Now, and as Moses was lifted up, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, so, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Up to where? Back to where? Back to heaven. So we're talking about this Son, uh, the only begotten Son of God. Now we move on to verse number 15, that whoever believes in him, hear this part, hear this part real clearly because you don't think you heard this before somewhere else. It says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, it goes on to go in, right into verse number 16 to say something very similar. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. Now, living this life that we live right now, living this life the way we live it, we can go through all the stuff that we're going through in life and get by in the natural. Because if you're good enough and friendly enough and you sow in life, you sow goodness, you'll get goodness. That, that, that kind of thing will happen for you. But here's part. You cannot sow for eternal life and get it from an initial seed. Except the seed that you give to God himself. And as far as your confession, of your, this confession out of your mouth and belief in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. What ends up happening, people think that they can live their lives and be goody two-shoes and get to heaven. Watch this. They can't have a father like our father until they do what we did. That's confession of our sin. That is believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That is what our father wants of every one of us. As a matter of fact, he wants it for every person in the world. Now, well, doesn't God love everything and everybody? Yes, he does. Loves his creation, but he loves his sons and daughters too. Yes. Hear this part: You are a son, you're a daughter. When you were in the world, you were not his son or daughter, but you were his creation. His creation, he loved, but his creation that was unregenerated because you're, you, we had not confessed out of our mouths, and we hadn't believed in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. We had not done anything that led us to salvation. We had not done anything that would bring us into this marvelous kingdom. We'd done nothing at that point to live a life that's going to be one that's going to give us everlasting life. So everlasting life comes from a father who is concerned and values his children. That's what a natural father can't give you. See, a natural father can't give you salvation. A natural father can't save your soul. A natural father can't get you back on living again. A natural father can't love you the way God loves you. A natural father can't love you the way our father loves us. You might think so for a moment. You might think it happens, but it does not happen ever, does it happen ever in life. If you've been hurt, you know what I'm talking about. If you've been hurt, you've been, you know what I'm talking about. So 
Jump with Romans chapter 8, verse number 16 quickly here. Romans 8, 16. Romans 8, 16. It'll be on the screen up there as well. You'll see it momentarily. For the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, I love this part right here because it talks about something that we ought to hold dear to our hearts. The Spirit himself bears witness that we're children of God. It's not us that say, you know what, I'm, I'm a child of God. The Spirit bears witness with us first. He bears witness with us first. He says, heirs of God, he's children of God, and if children, watch this, and if children, then heirs. If children, then heirs. Do you know why we have to go to school and learn things? And learn the same things over and over and over and over and over. You see, here's what happens. When we don't get it, we have to be taught it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I, can, I, I remember, remember talking to a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he, would, he, he would say, what you need to know is what you don't know. <laughs> he would keep telling me that. So what you need to know is what you don't know. And I didn't get it. No, I, I, I heard him say it a million times. What you need to know is what you don't know. I'm like, okay, brother, I appreciate you, my brother. No. He lost his, he lost him. How, how are you going to know what you don't know? That's my mindset. What we need to know is what we don't know. And see, what we don't know, we don't know what we don't know. And what ends up happening, we, we think we know something that we don't know. Some of you are going to get it. Oh, I hadn't heard that before. Let me give you some illustration. I hadn't heard that before. Well, he preached that before. I hadn't heard that on the message. I heard that somewhere else before. If you knew it, you'd be shouting. You see, if you really knew it. But see, when we don't know something, somehow God keeps bringing it to our attention. Watch this part, watch this part, watch this part, please. Because he doesn't just do it through people that we know. He does it through people we don't know. You ever see God mess with you when somebody else walks up to you, a little child walks up to you and says, you know what? I don't know why I'm telling you this, but you know, they, tell you what, they tell you something about yourself. And you're like, now, little kid, little snotty little kid telling me the truth about me. What's wrong with them? Little attitude, little kid. Take, take your child from me. You know? See, see, God is tricky. God is tricky. He values his children enough to get us to a place where he, we get a chance to hear what he wants us to hear no matter where we happen to be. You could be traveling in another, in another country somewhere and he'll get a word to you. I'm telling you, he'll get a word to you. You ever feel conviction in your heart about something and, and you know it's the conviction of the Holy Ghost? He's bearing witness that you're a children, child of God and an heir of God. He's, he's bearing witness to that very thing because, see, an heir only operates a certain kind of way. Uh, air only operates a certain kind of way. <laughs> I love pastoring. You see, an air only operates a certain kind of way. An air, an air does it the way the Father says to do it. An uh, air follows the will and testament and, takes, and gets the will and testament done. Because, you see, the last will and testament of a human being is to be carried out by the executor of that will. And as it's carried out by the executor of that will, the people that are involved in the will carry out what the executor says. And so here on the earth, God has his Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, who is the executor in the earth realm that convicts our heart to live the way he wants us to live. 
So if we live the way God wants us to live, it's only because we're there. Come on now. So we're an heir of God. The Denny says this, we're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now a joint heir means that, oh my goodness, everything he has, I got too. So, so everything that I have, he, so am I on the short end of the stick or do I have everything he has? No, you got everything he has. Now the only thing about being an heir sometimes is that if the heir doesn't read the testament, the last will and testament, the heir can go on living and never claim any of the things that are in the testament or the will. Can go on accomplishing nothing in life, being defeated in life, because they don't know that they're an heir. But once you know that you're an heir, oh, you don't get all pompous and, and high, highfalutin. What you end up doing is you operate according to the will and testament. You start operating according to the will of God for your life. And you know that your father is the one that has set you up that way because he cares for his children. Otherwise, he wouldn't have left us a will. <laughs> if he didn't care, he wouldn't have left us a will. If he didn't care, he wouldn't have left us anything that pertained to life and godliness. If God didn't care, we wouldn't be able to live our lives the way he wants us to live it. He does care about us. Verse number 16, I'm still reading verse number 17 now. He said, and if heirs, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ, Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, the part about being heirs of God. Here we go. We need it now more than any other time in the history of this world. Now, hear this part. America is not the only place it's needed. Amen. We get hung up on where we are. There's some folks that are suffering in a whole different kind of level than we're suffering right now. Whole different kind of level. We get angry when we get cut off on the freeway. They get angry when they got to walk 15 miles to get to the freeway. You see, things are a lot different in other places of the world. But our Father, watch this, our Father has made us heirs and joint heirs so that we as joint heirs can go to our brothers and sisters who are also part of our family and, be, and, be, and, and embrace them to let them know they're heirs as well. That poor little kid that is an heir that doesn't know it, who's responsible to tell that person that can't read that they're an heir? Unless they want to take advantage of them. You see? We shouldn't want to take advantage of anybody because we're an heir and they're an heir also. What some folks will try to do is take advantage of the folks that don't know about them being an heir and take their part of their inheritance. The Bible talks about that as well. <laughs> Everything you need to talk about is right here in the Bible. Right here in the Bible. Go to James chapter, chapter 2. James chapter 2. James 2. If you get there before I do, you can preach it. James 2. You don't know what verse I'm going to. Verse number 5. James 2, 5 says this. Listen. I like James. says, listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich? Rich in faith, he's talking about here. And the heirs and heirs of the kingdom 
which he promised to those who love him. Now, this is James speaking, indicating that, listen, guys, this is what God's already done. Let's receive this. Let's not get it, let's not get it twisted. God wants us to be heirs of the kingdom. He's desired for us to be heirs of the kingdom. Now, hear this part. There are people of the world that are inheritors of great wealth and blow it. They have a great degree of wealth come their direction and they will blow it. Financial wealth come to them and they blow it. Now, we're not just talking about blowing something that's, listen, we're not talking about blowing our, our financial wealth thing here. What we're talking about is blowing our, our kingdom inheritance with God. Being a, blowing, the, blowing the opportunity to see somebody's life changed and turned around because we recognize that they're an heir also and they just don't know it, but we have a chance to go to them and embrace them to let them know that they're an heir. To bring them to a place of wholeness. To bring them to a place of, of unity in the spirit, the bond of peace. Wouldn't you want somebody to tell you? If you were an heir and you didn't know it, wouldn't you want somebody to tell you? Well, I'm telling you today, you're an heir of God. And you are joined here with Jesus Christ. Jesus, well, watch this part. Jesus demonstrated it in the earth. But if we suffer with him, we'll also be glorified together with him. We'll reign with him. We don't want the suffering part. We don't want the tough part. We don't want to have to go through, oh, well, you know, he paid the price for that, bless God. I don't have to go through nothing. Listen, you've sown some bad seed. You can't call crop failure now, you know. You're going to have to say, well, I've got to deal with the seed. I've sown to have a better attitude while, I, while I'm reaping my harvest. I'll just look straight ahead. Anybody talking about you? Just look straight ahead. <laughs> Amen. We're going to fly through some scripture real quickly here. I'm going to go right to uh, Ephesians chapter 4 quickly here. And we'll get you out of here on, on time. Whatever time you think is on time, we'll get you out of here. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 4 11. But our father is a king. Our father values his children. But number three is this. Our father expects the best from his children. You see, because our father values us so much, he expects the best from us. And there'd be nothing, there's nothing that blesses me more than to watch, you know, I'm talking about my own son right now, to watch my own son grow up in the things of God, grow up in a Christian home, and he's 30 years old. He does not have to come to this church. He could have left a long time ago if he chose to. But you know, he chooses to come here because he wants to be with his father. He, choose, he makes a choice. Now, he may make a choice at another, another point to do something different, but up to 30 years, I mean, 30 years of me not telling him, but boy, you better show up at church on Sunday, bless God. You know, he don't live with me. Sometimes he, wish he, he probably wish he doesn't. He's glad he doesn't live with me probably right now. But... But I'll tell you, nothing pleases a father more than to see their children do well. I'll say it for everybody. Nothing pleases a parent more than to see their children do well. And in fact, it's okay if they do better than you. It's okay. It's okay. Now, you, you, watch, you watch God, our Father. He loves us so much and is concerned and values us so much that he just didn't place a value, a value on us to let, let us know that we're loved and appreciated. He wants a return on his investment. Amen. God's the ultimate businessman. He is the ultimate businessman, is that right? 
he's the ultimate businessman. He, he wants to return his investment. So if, he, if he's, he's a king, our father's a king, and then our father values his children who are heirs, his heirs and joint heirs, values us enough to make us heirs, values us enough to make us heirs. Amen. There's some folks in your life you don't value enough to make heirs of your, of your, dom- of, of your will, do you? <laughs> in your life, right? Is that right? Your estate. There's some folks that you, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't dare give a penny to anything that, listen, you left life today. You would not leave with a grudge, but you wouldn't leave them nothing. Look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. Don't You'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll be okay. Ephesians 4, 11. It says it's according to, oh my, oh, I, I said 4, 11, didn't I? I meant 3, 11. All right. Let's make the numbers darker or something. I'm telling you, this is different. For he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That we all come to the unity of the faith and to a perfect knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That, that we should no longer be children, still children of the kingdom, right? But no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried away by every, every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by in cunning craftiness and deceitfulness and plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now I'm going to stop right there because we, we, I, I, there's so much I can preach about right there. But here's this. Our father expects the best from his children, therefore he instructs his children. These ministry gifts he talks about here, the apostle, the prophet, the, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher, these are gifts to the body. Gifts of our family, if you will. Gifts of our family that equip us to do what? The work of the ministry. We are in our father's business. Didn't Jesus say, I'm about, I've got to be about my father's business. So what business, if we're heirs of God and join us with Jesus Christ, what other kind of business could we be in? Now, you may have a different label for your business. You may be a speaker. You may be a preacher. You may be a teacher. You may be an engineer. You may be a nurse. You may be a doctor. You may be a lawyer. You may be an architect. You may be an accountant. But you know what? The business that you're in is the business of the kingdom. They just help to support your ministry. See, if folks would look at their employment as a way to support their ministry, they would look at their employment a lot differently. But we look at our employment as a way to support us. The Bible says, I'll give you the power to get wealth. And God gives us opportunity to do things to get that which is going to be established in his covenant here in the earth. So he therefore has placed us in his business no matter what label we place on it. You might be retired and thinking that you're, you know, you're not in business anymore. But you are as long as you're alive. You're in business with the father. Yes, yes. You're in the retirement business. But you hear this part. You're still in business to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The business of the father is so much different. He values his children so much that he does not let us stay, stay the same to remain in a place where we don't do anything for his kingdom. He wants us to do stuff for his kingdom. He wants us to do stuff for his kingdom. He wants us to be involved in his kingdom. Go, go to First um, Thessalonians chapter 2 right quick here. And I'm done. I'm about 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 done. 
First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 12. We'll read that quickly and we'll be out of here. Another 10, 15 minutes. Here we go. I'll read verse number 11 as well. Number 10. You are witnesses and God also uh, how devoutly, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly uh, we have behaved ourselves among you uh, who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you. Those are key words right there, by the way. He says, as, as a father does his own children. Does your father do that to you? Does your father exhort you? Yes, he does. Does your father comfort you? Yes, he does. But does he charge you? His part. A charge is a, a command to go do. A charge is, a, well, I don't have the money. The charge doesn't make a difference if you've got the money or not. A charge says, I've got to get it done. Well, I don't know how to do it just yet. What you, do, what you need to know is what you don't know then. You need to find yourself in a place where you're learning to take the next step. What we fail to do sometimes is take the next step. But when we take the next step, oh, how glorious it is. When we take the next step, oh, how wonderful it is. Because we discover that this walk of faith is so much different than we anticipated it being. And what we see when we get to the destination that we thought we were getting to is so much different than we thought it was going to be. And we are different people as a result of taking the darn step. Listen, if you don't take the step, you stand in fear. But when you take the step, you might start off in fear, but once your foot hits the ground, faith's got to be activated. Once your foot hits the ground, you're walking by faith and not by sight any longer. And we see things begin to change at that point. We watch God do stuff in our lives like that all the time because, I see, our Father expects the best from his children. He doesn't want just halfway stuff from you. I like telling my mom, this is good. <laughs> you, I'm, not that I don't want you to come to church, but you're just a good, good illustration person. I couldn't get away with nothing. That's what until I started learning how to sneak around and do stuff. But, but I couldn't get away with nothing in the house as far as cleaning the house up is concerned and doing the dishes and washing clothes and all this. I didn't wash clothes, but making it, just keep my bedroom clean, right? I thought I cleaned the room up. I thought the kitchen was clean. She walk in and go like, and I used to think that, I said, she's got an attitude. I never, I, never, I never told her that yet, but I never told her that. But the but, but thing is that God didn't let us get away with anything. Because he expects the best from us. He expects the best from us, right? And this woman here, my, my mother, always expected the best from me. I mean, even today, she, she says, son, dream big. She, she, she tells me that. Dream big. Like it's a command. And I'm saying, okay, right. She said, dream big. Ever since I was a little kid, I'm dreaming. That's why you see me do all this weird stuff that I do. Probably her fault. She didn't know it. But I do weird stuff because I, I've, I've always done polar opposite of everybody else. I've always been this outcast kind of person that was kind of quiet to myself, but always thinking about how to do it a little bit differently. That's where the innovator thing came in. And I kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on. You see, here's the deal. I hate church. <laughs> Pastor, Cedric, you hate... No, I don't like church the way church has been gone for years. 
No, 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 no. I don't hate the church body. I love the body. Love everybody in the body. I love our congregation. Love our church. But you know what? I, I think the church should be a bunch of ministers here. Just come to get refilled and go back out and do it again. See, I think the church ought to be folks that have been, you know what, I've, I've, been, I've been studying the word of God to show myself approved unto him. I'm become a worker. I'm right in the word of truth. I've got the word of God in my heart. I'm ready to do this thing. Pastor, fill me up today. Fill me up. I fill them up and they get back out there during the course of the week. Come back and share the testimony about what God's been doing. I mean people. Retirement community over here is being saved. Folks have gotten saved over here. I've been to the nursing home over here. People are getting saved and delivered and healed and set free right over there. I've been to the business environment over here and in the marketplace. Things are happening in the marketplace right now. I've been writing books and I'm writing books because things are going on in, the, in my mind and God's given me and I'm getting people saved right that way. Listen, what I'm doing, I'm an accountant. I'm doing my job. Uh, whatever you happen to be doing, if you were doing that and you came to church and you just and we just have a big testimony service every Sunday. I preach for 10 minutes, man. Say, go do it again. Go do it again. Go do it again. Well, they got the bump of lots today here. Some I don't know what's going on here. All right, we're about ready to die. We're done. We're done. Okay. Hebrews 12, 28. Second Thessalonians. I'm not going to read it because we're done. Our Father is the King. Our Father values His children. Our Father expects the best from His children. You are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. We're peculiar people too, aren't we? Are we peculiar? We're some peculiar people. But see, he wants us to have some great things happen in our lives. Father, I thank you for all that have come this morning. That Lord, you've done a work in our hearts today that has caused us to see change happen in us. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.